Yes, us. Welcome to the Kefi Life Podcast. My name is Kiki Vale, and I'll be your guide to creating a life of Ola Kala, all is well. Together, we'll get back to the basics, and we'll explore fresh new ways to flourish in mind, body, and soul the Greek way. You can look forward to interviews, stories, essential self-care strategies, recipes, and actionable takeaway Ola Kala moments. This is going to be so much fun. Let's get going. Bam it. Our Lexi for today is Marathonis, Marathonis, or Marathon. The Marathon, an epic run of 36 hours that took place in 490 BCE as a message to thwart an invasion of the Persians against the Athenians, created a phenomenon that holds fast to this very day. But did you know that it wasn't until the year 1924 that 26.2 miles became the standard? Can you also believe that Fajay Singh became the oldest person born in 1911 to run a marathon? At 100 years old in the year 2011, it took Fajay 8 hours, 25 minutes, and 16 seconds to reach the finish line. Youngest person at age 3 is Budia Singh to complete a marathonis in 5 hours. And the slowest run marathon took Shizu Kanga Curry 54 years, 8 months, 6 days, 5 hours, and 32 minutes. Long story, look it up. Marathonis. In the end, it's a matter of endurance. Eleolado, olive oil, has been celebrated in the civilized world for millennia, nearly eternal. The oil of this fruit has been more than just food to the cultures of the Mediterranean region. It's been medicinal, ceremonial, sacramental, and the foundation of great wealth and power. It is safe to say that olive oil is the ethos, the essence of Greek culinary culture. Today, the priceless and life-giving ingredients of this liquid gold can be delivered to you when you purchase your premium bottle of Kefi Life Extra Virgin Olive Oil from the region my parents were born, the Peloponnese. The coveted Koroneki Olive is extensively cultivated here in the southern part of Greece, which offers the unique microclimate needed to grow a fruit netting the utmost nutrient value for extra virgin olive oil. Kefi Life Extra Virgin Olive Oil, a boundless amount of value, high in antioxidants with anti-inflammatory properties linked to good mood and improved mental health. Get your bottle of wellness today when you visit kefilife.shop. Kefi Life, the podcast, is a labor of love for me because every week I get to produce an episode that teaches something helpful and hopefully inspiring to the world about staying balanced, healthy, and well in the mind, body, and spirit. Today is a treat because I'm introducing a delightful young woman who is living the Kefi life in a way that is so encouraging and what I believe is soul feeding. Grace DeCoker is a pre-med student at Washington University in St. Louis. While she's furthering her education, she's training for a giant run and fundraising at the same time. This girl is on fire. Who's saying that? Somebody's saying that. I know. I'm thinking of her. Anyways, well, she's uh, she's so busy, and I just want to like introduce you, Grace, right now to the world. Grace, thank you for being with us. Thank you so much for having me. I am so excited to be here today and to speak with everyone. Oh, wonderful. We're, I'm, I'm sure that you're going to illumine the world with what you're doing. I'm certainly enlightened by it. Um, firstly, before we talk about what I was first drawn to about, let's talk about the medical field. Uh, how were you drawn to it and what area of interest do you have with medicine? Yeah, definitely. So from a very young age, I was really aware of the medical field. My mom was a nurse, so I kind of had that early exposure right away. Um, And that was just my first kind of experience with what medicine was. And I knew that I wanted to be a doctor since I was very young. I was one of those kids who kind of knew it from the get-go. might be cliche, but it's very true for me. 
And yeah, I just was able to kind of have that always in the back of my mind. And then growing up, as I matured, learned more about the world, I was really able to see that doctors kind of hold this unique place in society. They're leaders of their community. They are able to see kind of unique inequities or areas of need within their patients and their patient population. And they can serve a real good in making sure that people across you know, the world, their community from everywhere, from the big to the small or in between, are able to access high quality healthcare. I think that's really important. And that's a big part of why I want to go into medicine is to help fulfill kind of that that unmet need we have in the United States of making sure that everyone has access to high quality care. Um, They're able to be informed in their decisions and just be medically, medically aware of what's going on. So many people don't have that option. And so to be an agent of change, to be that sort of that role as a physician is what I'm knock on wood aspiring to get to. Well, you you are so noble in your passion and your pursuit, and I really respect that because I think that no matter what anybody does on this planet, if they are passionate about it and they want to be, and I'm going to use this, an agent of change, <laughs> wow, we are doing what Gandhi said, which is you have to be the change you want to see in the world. Wow. I love it. I knew you were going to be great. So uh, <laughs> I'll be sure to follow your medical career. My, my daughter, too, is studying for medicine soon enough, but in the meantime, uh, your father, Steve, is good friends with my husband, Brian, and me. And he told us all about your journey, your your marathon. Well, he's talked to us about your medical desires, you know, getting to <laughs> medical school, but also your upcoming marathon. And by the way, Grace, I'm going to throw a little trivia at you. Did you know that the first marathon was in Greece? I did, yes. When did you, Grace, because running is, the reason I like to uh, bring guests like you on is because you really take... Uh, an activity or a way of staying healthy and you turn it into something purposeful. So let's break that down into, firstly, why did you start or when did you start running? Yeah, so I started running initially as a junior in high school. So that's, you know, four or five years ago, which is crazy to me. Um, But it's just a way to stay in shape. I swam all through my life. So in my off season from swimming, I just was like, oh, well, I'll run. That seems fun. And I totally fell in love with it. It caught me by surprise, but I really began to look forward to getting out, you know, every few days going for a run. And then in 2020, when the pandemic hit, I felt like that was when I really became a serious runner. I started running every day to get out of the house, just do something that made me feel good. That kind of took my mind off of the craziness that was going on. And I ran two half marathons before that, um, but I had trained for them and those were kind of like one-off events. But then in, in 2020, once I hit college, that was when I think I became, I don't want to say I'm a serious runner, but that's when I became a more serious runner. That's when I kind of leveled up. Um, and now I'm someone who proudly runs, you know, pretty much every day. I am happy to say I can run a half marathon without as much of the stress and fear that I had from those early days. Um, and yeah, I, I just, it became something that I think was super soul fulfilling. It was a way to kind of clear my mind if I was stressed about something. I feel like I'll I'll always be grateful I went for the run, even if it's a bad run and I feel horrible. I'm never gonna be upset at the end of a run because at least it'll be over. At the very least, the run's done. That's one good thing I did. Um, (laughs) But yeah, it just is something that I think I'm always a little cranky if I don't get my run in the morning, if I run in the afternoon, affects my mood all day. So I think that, um, yeah, it just became something, a good emotional outlet, good physical outlet, um, way to stay in shape for sure. Uh, but so much more than that, just a, a big part of my life that I think has made me a little bit of the person who I am. Oh, that's good to hear. And, you know, truly, if, if we do feel a little bit um, 
emotionally frustrated, not you, but anyone. Let's say you're going through something like the COVID happened. You took a negative and turned it into a positive. And look where we are today. You started to run and now you're at this training for a full marathon, which you reminded me was 26 miles. I trained for a 13 mile half marathon. I, I oh, It was a lot of work. It was a lot of work. But I'll tell you, when I crossed the finish line, Grace, I felt like a superstar. I, I really yeah. did. I, I really did. As you should, as anybody should who finishes any race of any distance. You did it. You you earned that banana. Oh, you earned that banana. Yes, let's make this fun. Uh, Grace, when you're running, uh, people, what we can do right now is we can take a second and we can encourage people that they may not want to run, but they can do something else to stay active and also um, be charitable with that event. So I just want to remind people they could walk, they, they could do something with walking or something more simple, um, even though running is fantastic. Yes, there's no you know wrong way to, if you want to move, to move your body. And there's so many kind of great exercises. I am a, I'm a certified yoga teacher. I don't practice as much as I, as I think I would like to, um, but I can do it. And that was fun and something that I really enjoyed doing for a little bit. But I think that if it feels good in your body and makes you feel happy, you know, who cares what other people say? Go do it. All, all that matters is you at the end of the day. So you you live what you want to do. How did you get, how did you go about the training for a 26 mile run? Because you, well, firstly, you had to qualify, right? How did you, what was your qualifying time? Was it tough to qualify? Did you train for that? Yeah, so I am actually lucky. So by partnering with a charity organization, you get this guaranteed entry into the Chicago Marathon. Chicago is this huge race. It's part of, one of the six world major marathons. So, I mean, there'll be like this really impressive elite crowd that'll finish the race in probably like half the time that I will. Um, but there is this giant uh, event. And it's really cool because I'll be running with kind of people from all different, you know, people who have run their 20th marathon, others like me who will be there first. But by partnering with a charity group, that's how I'm able to get this kind of guaranteed entry in. Otherwise, there's a lottery system where you're chosen randomly. Just you have to kind of apply and you just put in your, you know, your stats or anything um, if you've run it before. And then if you've qualified, there's some statistic or not statistic rather, but there's I think if you've run equal or better than the Boston Marathon qualifying time, you get guaranteed entry. Or if you've run the Chicago Marathon a certain amount of times, there's a few different ways to get in. But I, you know, I'm doing the charity. That's my route. Um, Worked out really well for me because I got to do what I wanted anyway by running with the charity and not have to stress about getting in. So it's totally a coincidental win-win situation. So I lucked out with that. Um, But yes, that's how that would work. And then I've never run a full marathon before, so I have no qualifying time. So I'm going in. This is, I'm a newbie here. <laughs> well, you're very disciplined and focused. I know you're going to kill it. You're going to crush it. You're going to get that banana at the end. And uh, <laughs> who knows, maybe I'll show up. Yeah, I might show up with a sign or something. But um, oh, I love it. Oh my goodness. So what does your training look like? How often do you train? What is your, like, how many miles do you build up every day? I remember my process, but I'd love to hear yours so you can share it with us. Yeah, so I'm doing like a 16-week training plan. That's four months. So that's a little bit on the shorter end of training. I know some people do 20-week plans, some people do 18, um, but 16, I thought that was right for me again. I run a lot. I run every day. Um, I did a half marathon in the spring that went really well, and I wasn't super uh, prepared for it. So I thought like, okay, I'm I'm feeling pretty good about myself, so I'll go with this plan. Um, And basically, I I run six days a week, and I'm supposed to take one rest day. 
Sometimes I don't take the rest day. I just do a very easy chill run. Just if that's kind of what I'm feeling that day. What is that um, like three, three miles or two miles? Yeah, or? I, I, three miles is like my easy run. That's definitely the easy distance. Um, by the yeah. time you're kind of into it, you're almost done. So it's perfect. But yeah. my training plan, I have a long run every Sunday and I've built up to 16 mile long run with that. That was what I did last week. Um, and then I've got a 20 mile run coming up, not this week, but the next Sunday. So I'm increasing that distance of my long run. And that's supposed to be kind of getting used to the time on my feet. I don't necessarily need to do it very fast. It's just making sure I can kind of get from the beginning of the run to the end um, and just make sure I can train my body to take in the, you know, I take little nutrition gels or like drinking water. So kind of planning when I'm going to take those gels, drink my water, all that good stuff. Then after that, I'll have a short, easy run. Then that's on a Monday. And then the Tuesday runs are always longer, but still easy. Um, I generally run them at a pace that's comfortable. I don't really try to focus for the easy runs on my pace too much. Wednesdays are always a speed workout day. So doing, you know, half mile repeats at a certain pace or mile repeats or, you know, that's, I do those on a track. Thursdays are another easy day. Fridays are like a long, easy day. Saturdays is a supposed rest day, but again, Rest is iffy. Um, and then next <laughs> Sunday with another long run. So that's kind of the general flow. It's definitely flexible, though. I've with um, just the way that I've been working this summer, if I have to, you know, do a run on a different day, I can kind of flip it around. So I think it'll be fine. We'll see. Um, but so far, nothing bad has happened by my changing the schedule. So I'm just full steam aheading with it. I've seen you're quite ambitious and I've seen your videos and that's really the reason why we're talking to you. Another reason is because your dad sent this video around uh, because you're, you're fundraising for a great organization. You're going to tell us about it, EMC. You'll tell us all about it. But yeah. real quickly, I, I have to know about these videos. They're so adorable. Tell me, how do you shoot these? What was the reason you shot these and how often? It, just give me a little bit because they're great promotion for your running, but also to get us to understand or to get us to donate to your to your organization. Yeah, so the videos, it started out as like a fun thing I was doing at the beginning of the year. I didn't even know for sure that I was going to run a marathon at the beginning of this year in January. I thought that I wanted to, but I hadn't kind of sorted out all the details yet. Um, so I just wanted to do it for me. So they're one second a day videos. So I just take out my phone. I have an app. I think the app is called One Second. It's kind of, there's a bunch of different apps that have it. Um, but the one I do, I whip out my phone on a run, just put it in front of my face while I'm running. You know, I can do a thumbs. I always do something goofy, like a thumbs up or stick my tongue out or I don't know, something to break up the monotony of a run and take this video. And then I'll usually take it for longer and I'll try to select like a one second clip where I'm not bouncing around or, you know, it's not super blurry or anything. And then I just save it. And then it compiles all these videos right into a row. So all these little one second clips from different days, the app does some wonderful technology wizardry and um, just makes them into one long video. And that's what you were able to see. So I always try to do it kind of somewhere fun on the run, um, make sure that I'm smiling, even if it's a bad run. If I can smile for those, you know, three or four seconds I'm filming, then you smile, it gets the endorphins going. Um, and I just did it to start as something kind of fun to look back on when I'm at school. I'd send it to my family and I'd say, these are all my runs from February, you know, miss you guys, see you soon, uh, which my parents loved when I'd be away at school. And then I just thought it would be a fun way to show kind of my friends and everyone who, when I was asking for these donations, like, look at me, I'm running and it's pouring rain or I'm, I'm in the St. Louis snow and clearly the path in front of me is not paved and I'm, you know, my feet are soaking wet. 
Um, so I'm trudging through. So you should, you know, donate to my cause. And it definitely got a ton of really positive feedback. I thought it was just, again, this cute little thing for me, but people loved it. So I was like, okay, this is cool. And I'm still doing it now. And I think I'll keep doing it after just because it's a fun, it's like a little video diary for me. And I can go back and say, oh, I remember that run. That was crazy. Or, ooh, that was such a hot day or, you know, anything like that. So. And you could be super proud of yourself and it's fun to document it. And it's just a great way to lure us in to donate. I was so excited to donate. Not that was, my intent, not a sneaky intent at all. It's all for me. It just happens of the double purpose now oh. that I'm donating and fundraising. Grace, you're so altruistic, but listen, I'm a little bit more like I will use any way to fundraise. Like when I was fundraising for cancer uh, causes, when my mom passed away, I ran the half and I was just out there and I'm like, this is my goal. I want this money. So, but I'm proud of you. And I think that's very commendable. Um, So cool. I I love that. We'll share those videos or some of them. Um, And I think that's a fun way to record moments in time and not too much. Let's talk about EMC. You told me about it in the green room and I'm super excited about it. I think it's very important and I'm passionate about what you're doing because I am a mother of four. So take it away. Yes, definitely. So EMC stands for Every Mother Counts and they are an organization that is just committed to ensuring equitable care for pregnant women and women who are going through childbirth and then sometimes into the postpartum care. So EMC is not like a political organization. They are not associated with like pro-life or anything. The Every Mother Counts is not. Just wanted to get all a disclaimer out there. Um, their, their main mission is to be focused on providing quality care to pregnant women who are choosing that pregnancy. So now that that's out of the way, the way that they do their care is really incredible. They help uh, do a lot of grant writing and connecting community leaders all across the world with organizations or with medical care or grants that are able to fund the important work that they do. So quality birth care looks different for everybody. For somebody living in Chicago, that might mean access to a doula so that their needs are listened to in childbirth and they feel like they are in autonomy and in control of the situation. For a woman living in South Florida, maybe she needs breastfeeding classes because that's not something she can afford. A woman in India might need lawyers because she is having legal issues surrounding her pregnancy childbirth situation. Women in Tanzania don't have access to physical ways to get from their homes to a hospital and they need that transport. So there's no one solution. And, you know, birth equity might look more medical in some places or kind of decreasing the medical aspect in others. And that's what I loved about EMC right from the get-go is that they take this very unique approach and they know that they can't be the expert everywhere. So that's why they help get the grants in the hands of these community leaders who know their community best. So in doing that, they do all this grant writing and they're able to send the funds and the donations and make sure that the people who kind of know what to best do with the money and they get it in their hands. And so they're able to make sure that women have access to medical care, to prenatal classes, to postpartum care, um, and kind of everything in between. So whatever is needed for women in that particular community, they're able to connect those resources to the women who need it. And that's at the end of the day, the biggest thing. I took a women's health class. I was in two separate classes, history of women's health and then contemporary women's health at WashU. And that's easily the most incredible class I've taken. And that was kind of where I was most exposed to this concept of birth equity. And the maternal mortality rate in the United States is definitely really abysmal. And there's a lot of work to be done. But what will fix things in the United States aren't the same as would fix care, again, halfway across the world. So knowing that there's no one solution, but that EMC is doing its best to kind of have different, a hand in kind of each area and make sure that they're doing the best they can without 
barging in and saying, well, they know best. And that's what that's what resonated most with me. And that's why I wanted to run with them. It's such a unique cause. And I love that you are so, I mean, I love just because I think it's, I, I, I do this myself, Grace, is that I try to pick something that resonates with me. And then I work a little bit harder because it's just so meaningful. And I, I really wasn't familiar with something like birth equity. And as a matter of fact, I've heard of midwife and doula, but I don't really know what those are. No, it's something that is definitely a little bit um, under the radar. And that I think has been written off by a lot of people is this, you know, oh, it's very granola. That's not the vibe that maybe someone would want. And if they don't want it, that's totally fine. But there's definitely a growing movement in the U.S. for a little more autonomy in women's and women's health care and in the birth process. And I think that it's really important that women um, just are aware of the resources that they have and know that whatever they want, they can speak with their physicians and try to get connected or go outside of their physician's office and find find help and support that way. So that's something EMC might be able to do. So that would be that would be the goal is to make sure that everyone in pregnancy feels supported, heard, and understood and safe, most of all safe. Right now, we want people to go and donate for you because your race is going to be coming up next month in October. When is the um, Chicago Marathon? It is October 9th. So yes, we're, we're getting really close. Okay. All right. So how do we donate? How do we get people? And by the way, you mentioned to me that it was something you met, mentioned to me that just impressed me. You said, Kiki, thank you for your donation. I'm so humbled by it. Is that because people can choose anywhere to donate? Yeah, I think that the reason why I, well, first of all, I'm grateful for anyone who's able to donate and there's no amount that's too big or too small. I think a lot of people feel like they have to kind of shell out all this money, but anything, you know, every dollar goes to something, every dollar goes to something and every dollar is important. And I just felt so, again, just really humbled and my heart was so happy and full. And I was almost crying when I saw a lot of these donations coming in because this cause is so important. And especially now, um, just with where we're at in our country and where healthcare is in a lot of places of the world, I think that it's just so meaningful. And if I'm able to, it's not something a lot of people know about. I think that, again, birth equity is something that's very important, but not always the forefront of people's minds. So if I can educate people and hopefully spur them enough to take some sort of monetary action to make the situation better, that maybe 20 minutes ago they didn't even know was an issue. Like, I just feel like that's just so important. And I feel like I was able to teach them something and help make the world a little better or do make do a little bit of good, do my bit as someone who I'm not always able, I'm a college student, what can I do sometimes? Um, but if I'm able to do that and connect people with a great cause that they didn't know about before me, then I'm happy and that's a good day. And that's, that's, my, that's a great thing and something I can feel happy about at the end of the day. So if people wanted to join that wonderful network, I think that, they'd be able to just click the link and it's a pretty easy donation process. It talks you right through. You put in your name. If you want to write a little message, you're able to do that. Um, And there's a giant picture of my face on that link. So that'll let you know you're in the right spot. It's me after the St. Louis uh, half marathon. Um, And I've got a big spiel where I much more eloquently than I've said, I'm able to write out all the great work that this organization does and how meaningful it is. And I just, yeah, just, it's so heartwarming to see these donations come in when people do. I feel supported and like this whole community is coming together and it's people who my parents know and my friends from school and, you know, friends from high school, from college, all of these people is coming together to work under a really meaningful, important cause in in our world. And 
the power of community action is not lost. So it is, it's so soul fulfilling and it makes, it's heartwarming. It's, it's, it's humbling and amazing and makes me feel all these emotions that I have to disentangle and feel one by one. The link for EMC, Every Mother Counts, is uh, on that website, Every Mother Counts. We're going to yes. put it in the show notes as well. Uh, we're very, very proud of you. This is just phenomenal. And if more people could just think about being an agent of change, just in the smallest of ways, it doesn't have to be anything. You can help yourself while you're helping others. That's what you're doing. That's pretty much Kefi. I love it. <laughs> yes, it's something that running for me is so physical and emotional and just great and part of my life. And I, it's, again, a huge part of who I am. My friends always joke, Grace is going to talk about her run. Or, you know, they'll always say, we'll be out to dinner. Like, How's I'm like, oh, good, I went for a run. And like that's just like such a big thing of my life in my day. Um, and I think that now I'm helping. I'm doing some good as well. So I'm coupling my passion with something that's so meaningful to me. And then can have these ripple effects into big communities. So it's, it's again, it's a lot of emotions and they're all really positive. So that's definitely where I'm at with this kind of sitting through. As we're filming halfway through training at airtime, it'll be about a month out. So... Well, kudos to you. We're very excited. We're proud of you. Can't wait to see you cross that finish line. And um, Grace DeCoker, I always ask my special guest this question, and you are a special guest. I'll ask the question, then you finish it. In my life, I've learned that. In my life, I have learned that grit and determination will get you anywhere. And that is exactly what you need to push you through your life. Stay right there. Up next, your weekly takeaway to keep it all as well. Hola, Kala. This Hola, Kala moment brought to you by the law offices of Liston and Centillus. Ranked number one by the Leading Lawyers Network since 2010, taking care of all your real estate needs. I've been training for something all my life, but I find that the most fun events in the midst of hard training is doing it for the destination. When I trained for the 72 Tour de Tahoe cycling race, 72 miles in the breathtaking scenery of that magical place, each day I got on the bike to train, I had a picture of the view where I would cycle. I highly recommend making movement fun with a destination finish. Walk, run, or cycle. Pick a place that will host your desired energy for the motivation of working hard to accomplish the goal. For all the runners out there, here are some fun marathon locations for your arsenal. Most fun, Disney Marathon. Biggest and most famous in New York. The hottest run by far, Sahara in Algeria. You like the cold, my friends? Sign up for the North Pole Marathon. Most mountainous marathon in Zermatt, Switzerland. Seeking the classics? Please consider the Athens Authentic. Beauty your destination, then take it to Venice, Italy for the most beautiful excursion. And of course, for my super speedy competitors, Chicago Marathon for the fastest and flattest course around. All is well, Olekala, when you experience the jubilation of a destination event. Kiki Vale is the founder of Kefi Life. She is passionate about whole person wellness and living a fulfilled life. Her Kefi Life podcast is created to simply and naturally help you harmonize the mind, body, and soul the Greek way. Visit kefilife.com, at kefilife365 on Instagram, and check out Kiki Vale on LinkedIn and on Twitter. Join us again next time for more positive energy and inspiration on Kefi Life.